Hello, and welcome to Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle, the podcast, where we show amazing women how to attract the perfect partner for them by embracing and showcasing their authenticity. I got to pull up my, my Lex notes. Awesome. Taking a sip of water. There's something sexy about that name. Lex. Like what's, what's his actual name? Is that his uh, Alex? Alexander? Oh, it might be. It might be. That's a good question. I don't know. It's like Lex Luthor. That's, that's what I thought of too. Um, I like this one better. I mean, well, I, it doesn't everyone. I don't know. There might be some like Lex Luthor. Um, like, like I can, um, you know, there's like a group of people that like love the villain. Oh yeah, I I totally love the bad guy. That's I mean, true. Not so you much and in your like, Keeper Sutherland. Yep. <laughs> it's not like um, I don't know if I really like the villain in like superhero movies, but I like the bad boy. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're different in that respect because I don't like the bad boy um, ever, <laughs> except I love some villains. Like, I love, I mean, I. spoiler alert, granted, this came out like 20 something years ago, but like Severus Snape is one of my favorite characters of all time. Debatable whether he's the villain. Um, and then like, I love the Joker. Like, I find the Joker yeah. more interesting than Batman. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess, like, we're similar but different in that respect. This has nothing to do with our topic. No, but I love it. <laughs> I love it and I'm keeping it. And I think our listeners will love it, too. This but it's would true. make for a good, were... like, story, too. Like, are, are you into bad boys? Who's your favorite bad boy? And then, like, are you are you a villain or a superhero person? Yeah. Like I like the superheroes that have a darkness. Like I love Batman. I, I agree. I, and it sounds like I'm going to go back on what I said. Batman is one of my favorite superheroes, but like when I watch it, who am I drawn to on screen? The Joker. But like, not like, but not, but like, um, not like old school cartoony Joker. Yeah. No, right? like, like new Joker. Like Heath Ledger. Yeah. And um, what's his name? Phoenix. Right. But do you want to like make it what, what them? King Phoenix? <laughs> no, I was about to say like, I'm not interested in dating any of them. Frankly, I wouldn't want to date Batman either. No, I would want to date. I do also love Spider-Man. Okay. So that He's... like. Yeah, he's more my my dateable. Yeah. Yeah. And interestingly enough, so who played Spider-Man? Like, not most recently. Um, What's his name? Is it Toby? Well, it was Toby Maguire. I didn't love that series. Um, Oh, I love that. that, So my mom loves that one and has the biggest crush on Toby Maguire, which I don't get. But I think Andrew Garfield is adorable. So when I first started dating Michael... Um, I totally think he, he looks similar to Tobey Maguire. I could see that. The moment you were like, when I started dating Michael, I was like, okay, I feel like I get the connection. <laughs> and I've like told my kids when we've watched it, I'm like, 
that's dad. <laughs> Dad's Spider-Man, like when they were young enough to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Did they, so they bought into it? Uh, I think half, like they didn't know what to believe, you know, it was okay. kind of like, no, he's not. I'm like, no, he is, but shh, you can't tell anyone. And they were like, really? Like they kind of, you know, it was the phase where like whatever mom says, I guess there might be a truth there. Uh-huh. They weren't like, no, Spider-Man doesn't exist. They were like, hmm, I don't know if dad's him, but. <laughs> <laughs> but we know he's out there. Right. I don't <laughs> think he's the real one. Um, so anyway, let's get back to the the task at hand. The actual um, reason we yes. are recording. <laughs> so it's Amy and Jen. Hi, guys. <laughs> we didn't introduce ourselves. We didn't even do that. <laughs> nope, we just jumped right in. And the reason we're talking about Lex, the name Lex, is that we're reviewing the third episode of the first season of Netflix's reality show, Dating Around. And our person is Lex. So Lex is, um, I think he he's explicitly gay. He talks about being gay. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to mess with his gender or identifier. Um, well, I think, yeah, I, I agree. I don't know that there was ever like a, he talks about coming out when he's right. younger. Um, but I would say that we can make the assumption based on the people he goes on the first date with that he is gay. Cause all of them were homosexual males to the best of our understanding. Right. And he says, there are times where he refers to like gay men. So I'm, I'm thinking that, that that's where he falls, but he never explicitly comes out and says, I'm, I'm gay to us. We're kind yeah. of, we are making that assumption. So he goes out and we're going to, we're going to talk about him in terms again, like we did for Luke um, in terms of flirting. So if you want to go back to episode 44, that's where we cover Luke, which is the first episode of the first season. And we talked about how, the women on that episode flirted. Um, so we're going to look at the same kind of thing that that first date um, nerves banter. <laughs> yes. Um, so first we get this background. So in the beginning of every episode, we get this like somebody from that person's like camp. So if it's their like roommate or best friend or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, brother, you know, kind of gives us a little background of whoever we're going to be following. Um, and Lex gets described as an Asian James Dean. Yes. <laughs> that was so interesting. That's James Dean's the first thing that I wrote down. And I think you definitely get that right off the bat. Um, you know, the, the kind of guy that like you see him in jeans and a t-shirt and I'm, I'm imagining a leather jacket. I don't know that he was actually wearing one, but he would pull it off very nicely. And like, you imagine that that's all that's in his closet. And I actually think there was like a clip where it was just like a, a row of white t-shirts and he like selected the fourth white t-shirt <laughs> from his closet. And I kind of, I love that. And he, he pulls it off very nicely. Um, he, I, I said this before, or I think at the end of our last recording, when we thought we were going to chat about Luke and Lex, um, you were like, we'll pocket Lex. And we got off the call and I was like, but I actually like really do want to pocket Lex. Like, 
I want to <laughs> hang out with Lex. Like I want to go on a on a non-sexual, non-dating date with Lex. I, 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 he to me is the most interesting person that I think this show introduced me to. Yeah, he definitely. So he gives off this vibe of like. He seems very solid. So that's also the James Dean kind of nature. Like, I never really watched anything with James Dean in it. So it's totally what my head, the connection that my head has made about who James Dean is. But kind of like that, like, silent, mysterious. But everything that comes out, like, if he's going to speak, what's going to come out of his mouth is going to be, like, suave and cool. I feel like that's kind of my husband. (laughs) Yeah, like if he's gonna speak, you're gonna like be like, oh. <laughs> but you are gonna like, you're gonna have to earn it. Yeah. Now he does. So, so they, he's also described as creative and guarded. Okay. Um, yeah. And what we do see, and what I would I love to focus, and we're gonna talk about all the people that he's met. Um, but what I. Whereas with Luke's episode, I was really just focused on the women he was dating. On Lex's episode, I was way more focused on Lex and Uh, and how Lex carried himself and what he did on each of the dates. And I have right off, I think I went back up to the top of my notes because I was just watching this kind of theme. And I, even though he's doing it in like this cool, like I'm going to slip in a comment. So he's not like loud or obnoxious. His, his first date banter can come off as insulting or um, that it's, it, it was, there are points where, where I think people that he was dating were kind of taken aback by it. Um, it's very flirty, but it's kind of like under, it's shock flirt. Yes. Yeah, I know. I, I'm thinking of a couple moments. Um based on what you're saying, one person in particular where I think just his style didn't mesh with the other person. And we'll talk about that. Yeah. Should, um, we, should we start with Mick? <laughs> yeah, sure. Because we're both thinking it. Yeah, I think that's that's good. Um, and we can kind of talk about Lex's vulnerability or how we saw it um, with each of the people. So yeah, I think Mick is Mick is a good place to start or a good person to start with. He's not a place. Right. <laughs> He's not a place or thing. He's a person. <laughs> um, so Mick walks in and like the first thing that Lex says to him is like, nice pants. How are you going to get them off? I think he says. Yes. Um, so Which it's right all I that. wanted was to see the pants and they don't show you until the end of the episode. <laughs> I didn't even, I totally forgot about the pants, which I love. <laughs> I love that, you know, our stylist Jen is like, Oh, well, show, show us the here. pants. <laughs> Let's see them. But the second, so so there's that flirty, right, like nature, but it's, um, it could be off if it's, and, and again, if that's him, then if it's not a match, it's not a match. Like some people would find that like, like a, a complimenting or like a nice banter to have and reciprocate. Yeah. Um, so then on like the, Again, the first date asks him, are you a top or a bottom? And Mick, like, shuts him down. Mick's kind of like, let's not have this conversation on the first date. Right. 
and and this obviously is a little I mean, I'll say this is out of my wheelhouse, and I'm sure this is also out of your wheelhouse, but I don't want to speak for you. But Lex's response is kind of like, well, we need to know that to know if we're interested in pursuing this further. Right. And he says, well, wouldn't that lend itself to know whether we're going to have a second date? Yes. And and just sort of as like a deep thoughts by, by Jen Torres, like this is the kind of thing that I never had to deal with while dating. And I didn't even think about how important that must be when you're dating as a homosexual male. Yeah. I, I, like, I was like, oh, I guess that is important. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you would want to know. Yeah. But I also think, like, there are different comfort levels like if we're looking at it from our perspective so it's not as as like kind of black and white um in terms of this but there's certainly comfort levels of like of sexuality like some people are more kind of vanilla and some people are more into other things you know that are a little bit more um explore in different ways and and that might affect a relationship and I wouldn't bring it up on the first date. Yeah, I I would I agree. I think that this probably was a sign that that the two might not be the most compatible match. Um more because it seems like Mick might be approaching the date from a completely different angle that like for me that is not the most important thing to discuss first or you know, I need that to come more naturally once I know that I'm actually intellectually or emotionally compatible with the person. Whereas Lex might have been like, no, this is important for me to know whether I can get emotionally or intellectually involved. Um, but also, you know, it, it goes back to what you were saying that when Lex is vulnerable, he sort of approaches the conversation in a certain way. And this may be a sign of that. Yeah, he actually, so what I loved about this date was that um, he acts this way, right? He, he does this. So we're, and when you meet someone new, like I remember this, like going to college. So like when I was in high school, I was super sarcastic, but everyone knew I was being sarcastic. Like it was because people knew me. I grew up with them. Like, even if I wasn't close to them, I had my people who I was close to around me who like would laugh and then people would get it. Right. And then I went to college and like people were taking what I was saying, even though I was being sarcastic on face value. And I had to learn the lesson that I was giving off of, um, an impression that I didn't like because of me leaning on actions and, and expressing myself in a certain way that just wasn't translating to new people, right? So the cool thing about this this date is that, okay, so Lex starts off with like kind of, you know, he's pushing the envelope and, and saying certain things to Mick and Mick has to actually be like, I don't want to talk about this, right? And then in the moment, Lex still pushes, but later on in the date, he opens up and says that he's been hurt before and um, 
that when you are meeting someone and you share a connection, that means you have to be vulnerable. And that when he makes jokes, like he was doing in the beginning of the date, so he actually refers back to those, it means that he's being protected. So he, like protecting himself, which was so insightful that he could say that, where he was able to kind of be like, I know I was coming on kind of strong and like, and joking and, you know, maybe he didn't even know he was strong in the beginning. And that's really just because when I go into new relationships or situations, I'm guarded. Hi guys, it's Amy. It's time for a sponsor break. We'll be back very, very shortly. See you then. This is Amy. Are you successful, single, and not willing to settle? Are you ready to end the relationship patterns that you've fallen into once and for all? Are you ready to hold on to that self-love you know you have outside of a relationship, even when you're dating or in a relationship? If you're ready, Jen and I have a special announcement for you. We are offering a three-module course on doing the inner work now before going out to your next relationship so you can break those patterns of picking the wrong guy or acting like someone you don't even recognize when you're with someone else. And for a limited time, we're offering all of this gold for just $37. I'm telling you, this work that we do with our high ticket clients is priceless, but we know that we're all stuck inside right now and we know that we're hurting. And maybe you've decided to put dating on hold for a little while, but this is actually the best time for you to be focusing on your number one, and that is you. So grab hold of this program now before prices go up. Give yourself the gift of focusing on you, ending those old thought patterns and get ready to show who you really are to those who are lucky enough to meet you. Go to www.successfulsinglefemale.com programs and click on the program, get ready for the next relationship, the inner work, or you can click on successful single and not willing to settle at the bottom of our show notes. And that will take you to the program as well. Grab it while it's hot, ladies. Take some time to take care of you. So when we can finally open up the doors and go back out dating, you are ready to roll. So although Lex kind of, when I'm first watching it, I was kind of like, Ooh, I don't know if that's okay. Like if I'm like, I don't, I was trying to think of like how I would feel like if I went out with some guy and he was like, so like, are you into S and M like on the first date? I'd be like, um, like, or what's your sexual style? Like, I feel like I would be like, no, there's not going to really be a second date here. You know? Yeah. I feel Um, the same way. Um, I mean, but there are other people that like, that's just that that's in tune to, to, or aligned with like them and, and what they're looking for in a relationship. So, you know, this one didn't pan out in the sense that they both weren't on the same page, but that's not to say that the next person wouldn't be. Right. And then the flip back where he says that he does that because it means that he's guarded, he's protecting himself. What might make me be like, oh, okay, you know, you're joking here. Like, this is you kind of, your banter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anything else on Mick? 
No, I do think sort of um, with Mick as the mirror to discuss it, I think if, if Lex were our client, I would want to chat with him about whether he thinks that in his vulnerable moments, the way he chooses to progress through the conversation serves him or not. Um, you know, like, okay, you know, if, if this is how your vulnerability comes out, do you like that? Is that something you, you know, find endearing about yourself or is that something that you would like to shift, um, for future dates and kind of talk about that and where that comes from? Because if he really (laughs) did like Mick and that was a deal breaker, then he may want to to think about how to approach that differently. Did I say that again? The ba- baby C agrees. I certainly don't want to quiet her because her voice is important. But the, yeah, she the, will not be silent. The timing of it is, is interesting. I do right. So I think it's all about insight, right? It's all about decisions. So it's not like we, we as coaches say like, you should act this way or you shouldn't act this way, but it's more, why mm-hmm. are you? And is this something you want to keep or not? Cause again, there are other parts where he, he can, he can flirt like that and somebody will jump right in with him, you know, like, yeah. And well, we saw that. Right. So it's just that that's how, that's his banter and and is someone going to match that and also is it really expressive of who he is and what he want to keep it mm-hmm. um so then we have jonathan <laughs> <laughs> yay so jonathan walks in oh jonathan has i mean what is it called like a handlebar mustache yeah um that is like so greasy looking. Um, he probably uses some sort of, well, I don't know that he uses wax. Cause I agree. It's greasier than what I would imagine wax does. He just, I mean, if he walked into a room, you would see him. Yes. <laughs> like He's not, he's definitely not blending. Nope. But and, that's in part the jacket, which I'm obsessed with. So yeah. So Jen's obsessed with the jacket. So describe the jacket. <laughs> If I remember correctly, because now I might be confusing it with the one on sale at Abercrombie and Fitch, um, or is it just called Abercrombie now? I don't know. Um, You're it, dating yourself. <laughs> um, it was a bomber jacket, but sequins. Of yeah, and there were there, all different colors. He said he describes it as this, and same with the Abercrombie. Um, post because Jen sent me the link because <laughs> <laughs> I like genuinely sort of want to buy it but then I'm like you're on maternity leave and we're in the middle of a pandemic like where in the world are you wearing that and around the answer is nowhere <laughs> what did you say I said around your house yeah <laughs> can't you just imagine my like I get up on a Thursday it's 10 a.m and I put on my sequin bomber jacket and my husband's like, what are you doing? And then Bebe like vomits on it. Yeah. <laughs> that would be my luck. 
And I would imagine it is not very easy to clean sequin. Yeah, I would imagine. There are a lot of crevices in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they, they describe it as inside-out sequins. I think because, at least according to the one on Abercrombie's website, it's it's not reversible, but it's like two-sided sequins. So you, you brush up to get all silver, ah. and you brush down to get like the rainbow effect. Got it, got it. So... So he walks in and and Lex compliments his jacket, but I I and Lex is so deadpan that like you don't really know. <laughs> but I don't I feel like when we know like Lex's I don't know, I, I might be assuming here, but I feel like I don't know if he's really complimenting his jacket. You or, know, but... or is it like the I would never wear that, but like good on you for wearing it? Like it could right, like that you too. you do you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and like, so Jonathan is such an interesting example of like awkward moments on first dates, like all the moments, all of the awkward (laughs) moments. Um, so, you know, Lex is kind of asking him, I think he asks him what he does and he's like a singer songwriter. I'm making stuff up now, but he was like a singer no, that's right. You're right so far because I wrote. That's it all right, down. but then I want to say that he was like a dog walker. Yep. Is that right too? Yeah, singer songwriter dog walker. And then was there was there, one was more. What? There was one more. I can't remember what the last one was. And then he's like, "I do like a million. I do like so many things. Like basically, you <laughs> just like." Um. So jokingly, singer songwriter. Um, is code word for unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not unemployed because he's a dog walker. Right. He's like a dog walker. Oh, no. He said he does stuff with like, with social, like media. social media. Yes. Yeah. He's like, I- I'm a social media consultant or something. He's like, I do oh, like 10 things. Yeah. Or like content creator. I, I just wrote social media person, which now I'm realizing that isn't very helpful. I don't know what. Is that a content creator? I get maybe. I don't, I'm not sure. I feel like he left it vague, but okay. So during this date, what we see is that like, um, Lex's micro expressions become macro expressions. So at first yes. he's like, he's, tra- he's like, cool jacket. And then he's like, what do you do? And he says, oh, I have like 10 jobs and I'm a singer songwriter. And then, and that, and, and Jonathan is, is not, cannot read the room at all. Nope. Jonathan's like, can I read you one? Let me read you one of my songs. And he reads the entire song, like the whole song. Um, yeah, and Lex's this- like patience for all of this or like needing to have like, so we've talked about this before. We have a client who got serenaded too. <laughs> <laughs> and Jen and I have, have both said like, it's weird. Like it, it's so nice and everyone should have that happen to them. But like when you're actually in the moment being serenaded to, you have no idea what to do. But I, I also wonder like, are we some sort of unique subset of the human species that like feels that way are there some people maybe this is another question we ask in our instagram stories like are there people who enjoy getting serenaded yeah i think so this is where i think that this is a a a wonderful and i could be wrong but a wonderful example of where hollywood does not meet reality okay so like you think like you want someone like you want Lloyd Dobler to be like standing outside or whatever, or Jordan Catalano to like sing a song about you. But, and maybe when you're standing on a stage and doing it, 
or you're far enough like out someone's window and doing it, it's still endearing. But when someone's staring at you <laughs> and there's no one else there and they're playing something, I, what do you do with yourself? Like you just have to smile and stare at them for the three and a half minutes that they're singing. Like, yes, I, th- those are the issues I have. Like, what am I supposed to do with my face? Yeah. Where am I supposed to look? <laughs> And what, like, what should I do with my hands? Like, am I supposed to be like, like moving to the beat of the song? Like, <laughs> should my head be moving? Should I be like, pa- like tapping my foot? Like, <laughs> should I be like looking around, like, like amazed at this world I live in or like looking at the person singing? Like, but also if they're looking back at me, I don't want to look at them too long. Like I, there's just too many things. And I dated someone who is a musician and it was like prime time based on like what, when Hollywood tells you that you should love it. I was like 18, 19. And I remember feeling that way. Like, just like, I, I know I'm supposed to really like this, but I don't know that I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, I dated for the most part, only musicians, <laughs> unemployed um, people <laughs> <laughs> for a large part of my life. I mean, some of it, I was young enough that none of us were employed, but then it got, then we like moved into other territory and very weird. I would say go for the guy who plays the piano because he can't really look at you and you can sit next to him. And there's like a huge barrier. Right. Or you could sit next to him and then you don't have to like look at him. You can just kind of be sitting next to him. Um, But the guitar staring at you, um, it makes if if what you're doing that's kind to somebody else is making them really self-conscious it's not working um but again like who knows if other people feel differently but here we have on first date jonathan like basically reading his full song to lex and and to not be rude lex is a letting him finish and b like it's not going to give him real feedback like He's yeah, what do you like, say? Okay, cool. Like, thank you? That's all you can say. Thank you. Well, he's, so then at the end of it, Jonathan says, what do you think? And Lex goes, um, and then they cut to another scene. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, I complimented Jonathan's jacket. So I do feel like I can say this because then it's neutral. It was terrible. Yeah, I don't. Listen, there's no music behind it. It's just the lyrics, but the lyrics did nothing for me. So I, and I don't know if he actually would put it to music. I don't know. It was, it was, I didn't like it. Um, that's, that was, that's what I should have said. You, if you edit this, you can change it to me saying it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me either. <laughs> um, and again, like I, I've certainly liked songs with worse lyrics, but it's because, there was a musical backing enough that was catchy that I, I like gave it a pass, you know, but there yeah. was nothing that he like wrote that I was like, Oh yes. You know, um, I just didn't, I didn't, it didn't resonate with me. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is a very diplomatic way. Of and I, I did not write down song. the lyrics, but I feel like we should be posting like some of the lyrics somewhere to yeah. get, we'll go back and watch just yes. to get that. Cause if I remember correctly, it felt very like one of those songs that like talks about how great summer is. It was basically like, I don't have a job, but I want to go out and like 
make it in this world and it will feel like I think if that was like metaphorical can we call it metaphorical it'll feel I guess that's a simile it'll feel like summer okay. and it'll be amazing but I think it had to do with like it was like his own pump up song of like I'm gonna make it it was his mantra not put yet to music yes <laughs> okay Bebe agrees. <laughs> and also kind of sounded like she didn't like it either. Yeah, it was not. It was not for her either. <laughs> so then they get into some conversation over dinner. Um, it was very hard to hold the conversation because Jonathan was eating probably similar to Bebe. Yeah. He was, it was, I mean, it was shoveling food into his open mouth. You know, where we, we had before, we were talking about, wait, now my, my computer froze. What was her name? Uh, Tiffany. Oh. So Tiffany at least outwardly says, like, listen, I'm going to start eating. So this was in Luke's episode. I'm going to start eating and it's going to be loud. And that's how I am. And I do it on purpose. But Jonathan was just like, I was waiting for the food to like fall back out of his mouth. And yeah. his plate. And you're right. Not self-aware at all. Um, despite how clearly Lex was sort of not enjoying the view, um, his face was like sort of shocked at how Jonathan was eating and Jonathan was using his hands to like gather the food. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and I think we see Lex kind of turn to the side in his seat yeah, um, and kind of like actually, he was actually like looking away, like yeah. he was trying to have a, continue the conversation, but he was no longer looking at Jonathan. So these are like things to look for. That's <laughs> letting you know that maybe it you're not connecting, right? That kind of turn away. Yeah. Um, and Jonathan opens up that he thinks everyone just wants to have sex, and no one actually wants to date. Um, I think that was Jonathan who said that. I'm not sure if that was Lex or Jonathan, I, but it I, was. I believe so. I wrote down some things that Lex said about this conversation. Um, Not, but I do think it was Jonathan he was talking to. They were talking about like the next best thing, Itis. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember who Lex was saying that to, but yes, I remember that. Um, But I feel like Lex was, his facial expression was like, I'm just, when is this going to be over? When is this going to be over? (laughs) I'm very much done with this situation. Yeah. Um, and he was still polite. So that was, that was a plus. Um, unlike some other people we'll see when they want to end dates um, in other episodes. Right. Um, so that was Jonathan. Wonderful entertainment for us. Um, not a good date for Lex. Correct. Or Jonathan, because it didn't end in a second date. And I don't think that he walked away with any more clarity on how to approach the next date right and what i will say going back i just had a thought in terms of mick and jonathan so a lot of people are like oh if i'm dating i'm going to go out on these dates and 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 some of them are going to just suck and it's going to be awful but we we coach that you know there's no such thing as a bad date or you know it's all about the experience so like i feel like lex can walk away from mick's date and be able to say like uh, i i I am guarded. Like I do act a certain way. That's, 
that's guarded and maybe is off-putting and can decide whether or not he wants to go through with it, go, go forward doing it more. And with Jonathan, he has a really amazing story to tell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this guy, like, read me his song and then slobbered all over the table. It was hilarious. But wore a super cool jacket that gave yes. me a migraine. I was waiting for his mustache to get caught in one of those sequins. That's true. That's, I wonder if when he puts it on, that's a problem. It's a hazard, I would say. Yeah, a mustache hazard. There should be a disclaimer. Um, please don't wear the jacket with a handlebar mustache. <laughs> Pro- proceed with caution. Yes. <laughs> but um, that's, that's, I mean, let's just return to the meme in a very selfish way. That's probably a good reason why. Why I don't want the jacket because I have long hair. Yeah, it could be dangerous. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I hear you talking yourself out of it. I I was just about to say, I think that I'm officially convinced that I don't need this jacket. I don't know. I feel like if it's still out there in June, it might be a birthday present. Um, I mean, I can <laughs> always put my hair in a ponytail. <laughs> That's right. You just wear your hair up. Um, so that's basically Jonathan. Then we get Peter. I have very little. He's sweet. Yeah. Um, there was, it was clear to me that there was li- like very little or no, there was no chemistry there. Yeah. It was more like they had, they had compatibility when it came to their jobs. Um, and, and that was really where the conversation stayed. Um, That, and then, like, they talked about, I wrote that they talked about taking pets at AC so that their, their skin doesn't turn red when they drink. Yeah. So this is not the first, I can't remember where the other show was. I'm pretty sure we were reviewing it where I've heard the term Asian flush. Um, I had never heard that before. So I had to Google what it was. There was that. Um, So they had like that the like Asian connection that they were, they were connecting over that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then they also were connecting over um, uh, having done, even though it's not like all the time, but having done drag, that was one of the conversations. So yeah. And that shared, like, drag like a couple names. people on this episode. And that was interesting. Yeah. So I, I don't know why I felt like maybe because there was no flirting when we had already seen Lex, like, do this flirting with Mick and some of the other um, people that he goes out with that we're not, we're not, we haven't reviewed yet. Yeah. Um, the lack of flirting or kind of, like, um, sexual comments, they, they weren't there with Jonathan. Right. Um, and they weren't there with Peter. So maybe that's where I'm picking up on, like, Lex is just not was not feeling it with them. Yeah. Agreed that I think, which makes sense when we talk about how he kind of steers towards that when he's feeling vulnerable, the vulnerability comes from, Oh, I might actually be interested in this person. Yeah. So they were, I feel like it was a nice evening, but I don't, I didn't see it going any. And I also have very little, little written about Peter. Agreed. Same. Um, then there's Corey. Who is, I have written right after him, so cute. Yes, I wrote adorable. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, adorable is the perfect description of him. 
Uh, but he's super tall, but he's adorable. Like, he has a great smile. Yeah. Um, also Sorry. made amazing <laughs> eye contact during the date. Oh, like, I didn't notice that. Oh, yeah. Like, his, he would smile at him, and he almost, like, smiled through him. Like, it was very, like, if you go back, like, there were things that Lex was saying, and he just, like, maintained, not awkwardly, but maintained eye contact, which, like, kind of gave that message that he was really interested in whatever Lex was saying. Okay. Um, so it was a quieter flirt and they have some banter. So Corey says that he stalks, he had to get off of Tinder because he stalks all of his um, dates online. Like this he was, was my like- favorite thing. Like, <laughs> like this is the kind of thing that who talks about on the first date. I loved it. But I it, loved it. It was so endearing. It made him so human. Yes. And then Lex says, you're so cute for a creepy person. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they both like laugh. And again, like they kind of come back to it later on. Um, Cause at the very end of the date, um, he asks for Lex's number, I think. And, and he asks for Lex's last name. And Lex is like, I'm not telling you that you're going to stalk me. <laughs> like you're going to dig up all my stuff. So he like, doesn't give it to him. Um, yeah, I thought it was such a good example of kind of the importance of being honest and being yourself because it's it's not always a trap. Like, you know, that yeah. it can actually be the the origin for compatibility or or chemistry that like you saying something about yourself that's kind of quirky could end up being like the highlight of the date because you two bond over it or whatever. Yeah. And I, and, and, you know, taking those risks is okay. Yeah. You know, showing that. And again, it's the same thing with Jonathan. Like he could, he could read his song to somebody and they, that, and they are like, Oh, that's so great. You were so vulnerable or whatever. They might've picked it up differently. So nobody's wrong for what they're doing necessarily. Um, especially when the motivation is like, this is who, this is how I talk. This is how I am, you know, um, or I, how I communicate with people when I'm first meeting them or how I, this is a bit of my personality. You want that to come through. Right. You, so don't, you don't want them about. to go on a, on a future date with someone that isn't you. Like if, if you're not presenting as yourself, from the beginning, then they are dating someone that isn't you. Right, exactly. You can't, if you pretend that you're somebody else, then you're, you're, you're going to attract the wrong person. Um, and they, they talked about um, when Corey realized that he was gay and he talked about wanting to go into the ministry to, to fix himself. Yeah. Um, and then he chose that, he ended up choosing that moment to really like, become introspective and look at what was going on with him um, that made him was leading him down that path, which I thought was a, a beautiful story. Um, and yeah, and that was kind of his way of being vulnerable on the date. Like we had seen other dates with people being vulnerable, whether reading their, their song lyrics or like Lex, you know, kind of using sexual humor to, to get somewhere, but like, this was a different kind of vulnerability. Um, 
and it was really it was really cool to see yeah and and then Lex in return opens up by saying that he feels like the past relationships that he's been in he feels like he's like not good enough like that people are are feeling like he's he's good enough for now so I feel like that's where, where you, when you were mentioning it before, that it's like the next best thing. Um, and it hasn't turned into anything elongated. Um, yeah. I, I wrote down, and I think this is connected. I wrote it down just under my description of Lex, but that in this conversation, I think it's from this, he's, he said he has sort of a takeaway where he's like, I'm not going to be some version of me that other people want me to be. This yeah. is who I am. And, and, you know, when dating, that's who I present. I love that. Yeah. And he also is able to say that sometimes I come across a certain way because I'm guarded. So it's both, right? Yeah. Um, and coming across a certain way because you're guarded is a part of who you are. <laughs> it is a, a variable. Like we all have stuff, you know, like, like if I smoke cigarettes and that's who I am. And then I decide I don't want to do that anymore. I can do things to not be doing that anymore to identify as something else and to make those changes. It is the same thing with our habits. And when we're reacting a certain way under stress, we can say that's who I am. And we can also say, I want to look at this and not do this anymore. Yeah. And, and frankly, once you're in a relationship, you are not done being guarded. You are Absolutely. still going to be in positions with, with the, the person you're in a relationship with um, where you're guarded and they're going to see it. So, you know, and, and they're going to, you know, being in a relationship means you sort of support each other and help each other out. So they're going to need to understand what vulnerable presents as for you and vice yeah. versa. Right. The difference is that they stick around to the other end of it when when you guys can talk about what actually happened there. Yeah. Um, so, Corey, I was seeing how Corey was looking at Lex and I, I could see that he was at least coming across as as interested. Um, and I thought Corey was adorable, but I didn't really get huge vibes that Lex would pick him. Um, but then there was Brad. So Brad, um, Lex starts off by, you look like you have a blue ox parked outside. <laughs> That's the first comment. Yeah, yeah. I think like a Paul Bunyan reference, right? Yeah. So, and then Brad says, well, he's from Wisconsin. Um, so that was like the Wisconsin in him. Um, and then we start to peel away. Lex is asking him a bunch of questions. So Brad is kind of like a burlier, he is like a mountain looking man. He describes himself as a butch queen at heart. I love that. Um, I know. And then we find out that he used to run, he's like, I used to run a business called Movie Phone. Yes. And I was like, does that mean he created it? What, do you, what does he mean by he ran it? I guess, uh, I don't know. He was the CEO of it. Yeah, maybe. Um, but also that he used to play college and pro football. Right. And now he plays rugby. Yeah. And he doesn't play football, but he plays rugby. And basically, um, 
Lex says, you know that you're every gay guy's like wet dream. Yeah. <laughs> so there's clearly this like he that Lex is attracted to him. Yes. Um, full of compliments. Um, he said he he. Hi, guys, it's Amy. It's time for a sponsor break. We'll be back very, very shortly. See you then. This is Amy. Are you successful, single, and not willing to settle? Are you ready to end the relationship patterns that you've fallen into once and for all? Are you ready to hold on to that self-love you know you have outside of a relationship, even when you're dating or in a relationship? If you're ready, Jen and I have a special announcement for you. We are offering a three-module course on doing the inner work now before going out to your next relationship so you can break those patterns of picking the wrong guy or acting like someone you don't even recognize when you're with someone else. And for a limited time, we're offering all of this gold for just $37. I'm telling you, this work that we do with our high ticket clients is priceless, but we know that we're all stuck inside right now and we know that we're hurting. And maybe you've decided to put dating on hold for a little while, but this is actually the best time for you to be focusing on your number one, and that is you. So grab hold of this program now before prices go up. Give yourself the gift of focusing on you, ending those old thought patterns and get ready to show who you really are to those who are lucky enough to meet you. Go to www.successfulsinglefemale.com programs and click on the program, get ready for the next relationship, the inner work, or you can click on successful single and not willing to settle at the bottom of our show notes. And that will take you to the program as well. Grab it while it's hot, ladies. Take some time to take care of you. So when we can finally open up the doors and go back out dating, you are ready to roll. So what I love about Brad is that he, he just is who he is. Um, he's kind of an anomaly or an anomaly in terms of stereotypes, but he's very much like just himself, which is this Wisconsin kind of mountain burly man who played football and now plays rugby and drinks beer. Like he's drinking beer the whole night. Um, and meanwhile, you know, has like a collection of wigs and heels in his, in his room, you know? So yeah. I, I just love that. Um, and it seems like Lex loves it too, but at the end of it all, Lex chooses Corey. Right. And I, 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 I don't think we talked about this, but I would presume that you thought he was going to pick Brad. I, from what he was saying, but when he didn't, when we were talking before we, we, we recorded, I said, I have some feelings as to why he didn't pick Brad. Okay. Um, yeah. I thought he was going to pick Brad, but then when I saw that he picked Corey, I was like, okay, well that makes sense too, but it just wasn't as his interest in Corey wasn't as overt. Um, he wasn't as vocal about it. So I think that's interesting. Okay. Like they didn't necessarily compliment each other. They, even though like, so in my mind, Lex is, um, 
I don't know how to describe it, like what, what the words are that I want to say, but he's like a strong, maybe like an alpha. Okay. And Brad also kind of came across as, I mean, he was definitely more like quieter. They almost matched up too much. I almost felt like it was, it was like the same side of two magnets that are like, there's just like, whereas Lex spoke and like Corey kind of had this kind of like endeared look on his face and like really interested look, which just seems like more of a match. And again, I'm doing this retro spec retroactively. Okay. It could also be just like Corey was adorable and he was like, yeah, I want to hit that. Like, <laughs> I don't really know, but like, that's kind of, you know, looking back, that's where I was, my mind was like trying to make sense of what just happened with him picking Corey and why he didn't pick Brad. And that's where my mind went. I, th the one thing I thought was maybe, cause the two people that we saw kind of more, sexual flirting were not the people that Lex chose in the end. And I wondered if there was something there that like that he maybe presents that when he sees a sexual attraction, but maybe not a deeper connection. Um, and, and that was kind of something that I, I pondered on. Um, but I think you bring up some good points that ultimately there was a really good energy and back and forth to the date with, with Corey. Um, it was very playful. Right. And it, but it was also, it wasn't one-sided. So like, that's where, right. when you see with Mick, he's like throwing stuff out at Mick and Mick is not responding and it's yeah. the opposite or Nick is actually saying, knock it off. Um, yeah. And Jonathan, it's the other way. Jonathan's like, like throwing himself essentially like, this is who I am, like at Lex and it's just not sticking. Um, and Corey is more of this kind of back and forth. Um, and like that banter that like you're, you're creepy and look people up kind of banter. Like, that was adorable. Yeah, um, it was, I, I agree. The banter, the the style of flirting between the two of them was, was really like on point. Yeah. Um, and again, we've talked about the, we talked about the flaw in the last episode is that Lex, according to the show only gets to pick one of these guys. So like, if I were looking at this, I would say, I don't think Mick would go out with him again, but I thought that there, if had he not come on so strong, there might've been potential there. But I feel like Corey, I would say go out with Corey and Brad again. Yeah, agreed. Those are the two where I felt like in a normal circumstance, they would have gone on a second date. Yeah. And who knows what they do off the camera. So the camera only shows them picking one, but like, who knows what actually. Right. I don't know. Do you know? Did you do research on this one? No, no. I, I know that, that they're not together. Okay. Or and I guess there's no confirming that they are. And the ba baby is really upset about them not being together. <laughs> I know, honey. Um, She's like, this is my favorite couple. Which she makes actually sense. did watch this with me. So she it's did. possible that so I, she feels this way. 
<laughs> and I think this lends itself to what we were saying with, again, it's a TV show and they have to follow this formula and it's a formula that just doesn't work going on one date and then only deciding out of a group of one dates who you're going to go on a second date with. And then you're expecting there to be like a full fledged relationship after that. It's just not how this works. I mean, it's not an efficient way of doing it, I guess I should say. Our, our clients or people that we've talked to who are like, oh, I need to, I'm not like a serial dater. Like I don't, I can't date more than one person at a time. It makes it a lot harder to make sure that the person that you're choosing um, is right for you when you jump into or expect longer term relationships so quickly into the dating, into the dating experience that you're going to go on one date with a bunch of people and then right away know this is the person I'm going to go on my next dates with. Um, so I feel like that's the, that's what we're seeing here. It, yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of times we sort of, to use some of Lex's language, we're a little more guarded on the first date. So mm -hmm. to deny yourself and someone else, the opportunity of a second date, means that you're not allowing yourself to be less guarded with them and you're not allowing them to be less guarded with you, which might be when the real chemistry takes off. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, if we, we haven't said it enough, we don't agree with the premise of the show, <laughs> although we very much enjoy watching what we feel like is authentic, um, behavior that you would see on a first date, which is all the more reasons to say that there should be second ones. <laughs> right. And third and fourth. And right. Because it's often not that pretty, the first one. Yeah. I mean, I was late to my first date. It was a great date once I got there, but I was late because it was raining. And so there was traffic. But I remember thinking like, this is, this is a deal breaker. Like I got there and I was like, is he going to think that I don't care because I'm late? And then I remember the end of the night I had offered to drive him to his car, but I was parked in a garage. So I had to like get my, my like ticket validated or whatever. Like I did, you know, do the thing where you pay for it and then drive through the turnstile. And I couldn't find the validated ticket. Like I got in my car with it he saw me pay for it. And then I got to the turnstile, like where you drive up to it. And I was like, Oh my God, where is it? And I had to stop and pull over, get out of the car to find it because I, it like I sat on it. <laughs> Again, the things we do when we're, when we're nervous. Right? Yes. But like when those two things happened and, and like the date still wasn't over. Like I hadn't dropped him off and like, I'm have I'm standing in the parking garage with a parked car. He's in my passenger side seat. And I was like, this, I'm never seeing him again. He thinks I'm such a ditz that I can't find the parking ticket that was literally just in my hand. I was like, this is never happening again. Like, bye. Like I'll never see you again. And lo and behold, he like, kissed me five minutes after that and was like I'd love to see you again so like you never know <laughs> yeah I'm and we've talked like I I locked myself out of my apartment and out of my car on my first date <laughs> and had to call Michael and say um 
so you don't sound like a serial killer. <laughs> and really, like, I, I guess my better judgment went in the car with him, but I knew I was going to be locked out until, like, 9.30 because my roommates were all out until much later. One was in the city, one was at work. So I knew I was going to be locked out of my apartment. So what options did I have? And it was supposed to rain. So yeah. I was going to be sitting out in the rain or I had to go on a date with Michael. So I got in the car with him. And like, I also, my, you would die, Jen, because my shoes that I wanted to wear were in my car. So I was wearing like slip on sneakers with like black pants, which is cute now, but like they, they're like, it was not stylish. Like what it sounds like. Like I, they were like boot cut, you know, those boot cut black pants that we used to wear. Yeah. Yeah. With yeah like yeah. frumpy shoes. Oh my. Um, you know, like I would have been tempted to cancel the date just for that reason. Uh, right. But I'd be sitting outside. <laughs> Meanwhile, like we both know Michael, like he didn't notice. <laughs> like, he didn't care what I was wearing. Um, so it, it was fine. But like, there were so many reasons that I was like, I, I mean, if that wasn't an, you thought you looked jitsy. Like I locked myself out of my apartment. Um, so, so yeah, the, those things, are adorable to the right person. Right. <laughs> or certainly not a deal breaker. Right. So. Right. And like, frankly, if I, and I'm now able to look back, frankly, if the roles had been reversed, that probably would have been my favorite moment of the date because I saw the person in this vulnerable state. Yes. And I think vulnerability is attractive. Agree. So. Absolutely know. agree. It just doesn't feel comfortable when it's your vulnerability. Uh, right, exactly. But then it becomes so great when somebody loves you, even when you are vulnerable. Yeah. So that's what we've got for you guys today. Um, have a wonderful, wonderful week. And we will see you next Friday. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle, the podcast. Can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Successful Single Female. Check out our website at www.successfulsinglefemale.com or check us out on YouTube at Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle. Have a wonderful day and don't forget to not settle.